Um, we're in a series um, as a church called Our Culture, and we've been going through our core values as a church. This series is actually getting kind of long. We have 10 core values. I spent two weeks on two of the core values. It's going to end up being a 12-week series. That's a really long series. So um, we've got this week and then two more weeks. My wife is going to do a message next week on uh, living generously, and then the week after that, I'll close out the, the uh, series by doing one more message on um, We Will Go, the, the go of the gospel. So um, but we'll get in here today, get into it today. Um, uh, the core, va- core value number nine in the City Lights Church is that we value the family of Christ. The little tagline we have there is that we are not in a competition with other churches. We are co-laborers with them. We respect, value, and honor other churches. As we prayed about um, this church and our core values, um, I, I really felt like the Lord laid this one. It was kind of just out of the blue, like, God, what do you want our core values to be as a church? And I felt like he said to um, value the family of Christ, to not be in a competition with other churches, but to be co-laborers with them. And that kind of dropped out of nowhere. I felt like that was kind of an odd um, core value that the Lord laid on my heart. And because I thought, like, we're going to do that by default. Like, yeah, we'll just, you know, we're going to, you know, love and respect generations and, and fusion and, and, and Christ Community Church and these other churches in town. I thought, yeah, we'll do that. But I actually felt like when the Lord laid this on my heart that he wanted us to intentionally lean into valuing the family of Christ here in Greeley. He didn't want us to kind of do it by default. And I had a confirmation of this. I was at a prayer meeting last um, summer before we, you know, formulated all this and, and solidified it. There was a confirmation. I was, at a, I was at a prayer meeting, and there was a man named Clay Nash who gave me a prophetic word. He knew we were starting a church here in Greeley, and um, he said this over me. He said, God is getting ready to birth something new in Greeley, and he said this, I'm not just talking about your work. I'm talking about a movement. So I'm not just talking about your church. I'm talking about a movement that God wants to birth here in Greeley, and he said, he said this. He said, there's going to be coming a new prophetic voice coming out of the city of Greeley, and, and your church is part of that. And he, but he didn't say, like, your church is the sum total of that whole thing, okay? So when we planted City Light Church, we didn't, we didn't plant here because we thought we're going to do this better than anyone else. Rather, we, we did this, and we, we felt like this. We played an irreplaceable role along with the other churches in this city in the destiny of, of this city, okay? So that's a bit of a, <clears throat> that's a, bit of a paradigm shift um, from what we were thinking and from how a lot of other churches and ministries think. Um, again, some of them kind of do it by default, but God wants us to intentionally lean into that. Um, when, I was in, when I was in junior high, um, I had a friend that lived next, my best friend lived next door. And I asked my mom, I was like, hey, can I go, can I go hang out with, can I go play with Brian? And my, my mom was like, well, first you've got to pick up some dog poop in the backyard. So I was like, okay, we had, we had Dobermans, so, you know, they're bigger dogs, so I gotta go pick up dog poop, right? And uh, so I am out there, I'm picking up dog poop, my friend Brian comes over, he's like, hey, let's go. I'm like, I gotta do this job first. And he's like, okay, where's the shovel, you know? So he grabs a shovel, and, and of course you gotta take it and put it in the trash can, that's how you clean up dog poop. But then all of a sudden I notice he's not just picking up the dog poop and putting it in the trash, he's taking it, and then he's like lobbing over the fence, right? <laughs> so, not his yard. His yard was over here. He was lobbying it to the other neighbor's yard because it was faster than like going back and forth to the trash can, okay? I texted him this week and I was like, hey, I'm gonna tell that story about when we were throwing poop over the fence to hurry up and get the job done so we could go play. He says, what's the title of your sermon? Get the crap out of your life or whatever? Like, <laughs> right. No, not. 
not talking about that. But listen, sometimes I feel like as ministry, as churches, we, we, how many know we got the job done? Like the, the job my mom gave me, pick up the dog poop, we got it done. Um, but we did it in such a way that it didn't bless the neighbors around us, right? <laughs> like that neighbor has a small dog, and I'm sure he was out there like, how is my dog producing <laughs> poop this size? What's wrong with my dog, you know? <laughs> Sometimes I feel like as churches, we, we, we do the job in front of us. God gave us a job. Let's do that job. But sometimes we don't think about how it affects the people around us. And I want to do City Light Church in such a way where we love, honor, and bless not just the people here, but we love, honor, and bless the ministries in the city of Greeley. So we don't want to do this and cut corners and, and have backbiting and competition and envy. We want to do this in such a way where it adds value to the whole city. And this is a pleasing thing to, to all the churches in the city. So today I want to talk to you about unity and the body of Christ. The title of my message today is called The Unity Opportunity. So three reasons why unity is so important. First of all, number one, there is a blessing when we are in unity. There's a blessing from God when we value each other, okay? Like, when I take my kids to go do something fun, take them to Disneyland or get ice cream, I like to bless my kids. But, like, if my kids aren't getting along, I'm not going to reward their bad behavior. Like, you gotta, I'm going to make them get along before I'm going to go get them ice cream, right? But listen, that's the same with our Father in Heaven. There is a blessing for us, but He wants to bestow that in the place of unity. Let me, let me show you this. Psalms chapter 133 um, the Psalm 120 and through 134, so Psalm chapter 120 through 134, these chapters are known as the Songs of Ascent. So there's a special group of songs, also known as pilgrim songs. The city of Jerusalem, if you don't know, the city of Jerusalem is kind of up on a, uh, in a high area. It's about 2,500 feet above sea level. But a lot of people, um, Jews, were commanded to go to Jerusalem three times a year for three major festivals. And a lot of them are coming through the Jordan River Valley, which is actually below sea level. So you're going from below sea level to above, you know, 2,500 feet above. So it's, it's an uphill, like it's an uphill road. And the songs of ascent, these psalms, were actually traditionally Jewish people, when they're going to Jerusalem to worship, they would sing these songs, these psalms of ascent as they're going. And see, so there's this idea of preparing one's heart as they're coming into the presence of God, as they're getting close to the presence of God. They're, they're, they're professing and singing these songs to God as they're getting close. And I want to I read one of these to you. And by the way, that's probably a good idea for us. When we come into the house of, of God, like, it's not a bad idea sometimes to say sorry to your wife who's next to you, right? And uh, when we first got married, I wasn't really, I'm, I'm kind of a stubborn guy as it is. But I didn't like saying I'm sorry a lot to my wife when we first got married, even though I should, you know. And, um, yeah, I'm older and wiser now. We've been married for 13 years. But those are, those are some beautiful words right there. I'm sorry. They get you past so many things so much faster. But when we come into the house of God, isn't that how what we should do? Like, is there someone I need to forgive? Is there something I need to clean up in my heart? Now, now yes, God is with us everywhere. He's always with us. But, like, there's something special about a corporate gathering when we come together in the house of God where we actually should prepare our hearts. So that's what they were doing um, in these Psalms of Ascent. So Psalm 133, this is uh, one of David's. It says this, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. He gives two pictures of what this is like. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. 
Second picture is like this. It is as the dew of Mount Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. How many want the Lord's blessing in your life? I want the Lord's blessing in my life. You can raise your hand. It's okay. If you don't raise your hand, you're not going to do this blessing. Okay. That's the rule today. How many want to be full of life? Right? Come on. It's great to be around people who are full of life. I love to be full of life. I love to be around people who are full of life. Well, it's in that place of unity that God bestows a blessing on his children. So let's break this verse down. Let's talk about it a little more. Psalm 133, 1 through 2. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down the collar of his robe. How many know we're not talking about motor oil here? Okay, That's not the precious oil we're talking about. Okay, This oil that he's talking about is the holy anointing oil. Um, which Aaron was the high priest. He was anointed with the holy anointing oil. So this, this particular oil, it was not to be mixed or used for common use. Like you didn't want to use this as a household moisturizer, okay? That's not the kind of oil this was. This was supposed to only be used to anoint prophets, priests, and kings or articles in the temple for service, okay? So it's not for a household moisturizer. It wasn't supposed to be duplicated for any, um, any reason. It was only supposed to be used for this purpose. So it's a precious oil. It was very costly. It was very fragrant. It was a pleasing aroma. And this oil, when someone was anointed with it, it represented the very presence of God. It consecrated people for service. And it, mar- there, it literally was like when someone was anointed, they are marked by God's presence for a particular service. Okay? So King David sang here, this anointing oil, which King David had been anointed with, obviously. He said, brotherly unity is like this. It is like the very presence of God. He almost uses it synonymously. It's like unity, brothers dwelling together in holy unity, is like the presence of God. They're almost the same thing. It's there that God bestows a blessing on us. When we walk in love and unity towards one another, that is the place where God releases a blessing and more of his presence and more of heaven comes to earth. It's so good. So unity is special. Therefore, it should not be taken for granted. It's costly, therefore it's worth protecting. Unity is like a pleasing aroma, therefore it should not be tainted. It's worth valuing, it's worth protecting, it's worth keeping pure. Okay, so that's the first picture of what unity looks like. The second picture that David says, he says, it is as the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. Now Mount Hermon in Israel, it's way up north in Israel, it's actually the highest point in Israel, it's about 9,000 feet. And um, Mount Zion, of course, is down in Jerusalem, Again, it's about 2,500 feet. And we have a picture of Mount Hermon. Go ahead and go ahead and throw that up. I don't know if you guys knew this, but it actually snows in Israel, especially up on Mount Hermon. And they actually have a ski resort in Israel that is functional in the winter. Did you guys know this? A lot of you probably think of like desert, whatever. It is hot there, like in certain places, but lower elevations, but up high, they've, they actually get some, there's an IDF soldier there too, carrying a machine gun, because that's the way life is in Israel. But... Um, so King David, I picture this, like King David, he's like, okay, it is as the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. I picture King David, he's writing this psalm on a hot summer day in Jerusalem, maybe. And he's saying it's as if the dew, the refreshing dew from Mount Hermon were here in this hot place in Jerusalem today. It's that cool, refreshing picture of what unity looks like. It's kind of like, you know those beer commercials where like it's a really hot, you're raising your hand, okay. <laughs> He had a Guinness logo on his jacket earlier, too, so I'll be praying for you, brother. No. 
You know those beer commercials where like it's a hot day and everyone's miserable and then someone cracks open a can and all of a sudden it starts snowing and like people are rolling on skis, you know what I mean? I picture King David, this is like the first beer commercial happening. He's saying, it is as the dew of Mount Hermon. We're here in hot Jerusalem on this hot summer's day. This is a picture of what unity looks like. It's that cool, refreshing unity when God's people dwell together in unity. So crack open a can of cold, refreshing unity. Everyone, drink open. Refreshing can of unity. Open it up. All right. Psalm 130, uh, 133, verse 3. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. That's why we, want when you, why we want unity. There's life in it. There's a blessing in it. Okay, that's point number one. Point number two, why, do we, why is unity so important? Um, the second reason is that there is power in agreement, okay? When we're in agreement with one another, we, there's power in that. Um, in Genesis chapter 11, there's, this, there's a, a portion of scripture um, where they're building the Tower of Babel. So Babylon, Tower of Babel. Um, Genesis 11, four through six, it says this. When they said... Then they said, come, let us build um, for ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we will be scattered all over the face of the whole earth. First of all, how many know when sinful man tries to make a name for him or herself, it's usually not a good thing. So they were trying to make a name for herself. By the way, they were, they were called to greatness. We're all called to greatness, but they were living it out in the wrong way because they're a sinful man. The Lord didn't want them to do this. Verse 5, it says, but the Lord came down to see the city and the tower where the people were building. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Okay? That is a picture of what unity is like. And we could do a whole sermon about unity and the importance of unity and two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor, right? And when we can come together, come in unity and go in the same direction, we can accomplish so much more together. But I just want to say, what if the churches here in Greeley were united not to make our own name great, to make a name for ourselves, but to make the name of Jesus great in this city? Come on. And so I believe God's doing something new in, in this city. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, Pastor Alan Kraft at Christ Community Church, he invited basically all the pastors in Greeley to a luncheon. And he had this, Pastor Alan has this um, vision from the Lord, and he, he just had this question, what if every District 6 school in, in Greeley-Evans, in this area, what if every school was adopted by a church? And they had already had a list of some churches that had adopted schools, and there was a list, they had a list of, of schools that had not been adopted yet, and they were like, hey, who, would you guys be willing to kind of adopt a school? And, and, and by adopt, I just mean find out what the needs of that school are. Do they need something painted? Do they need tutoring? Do they need, you know, what are the needs of that school? Find out what they need, and a church intentionally go to them and say, hey, how can we help you? How can we, how can we you know, adopt you in a sense? And so the District 6 superintendent was at this luncheon with all these pastors and was like totally on board with this. I was like, yeah, we would love for you guys to jump in and find out the need. The, the need is great. The need is great for tutoring. The need is great for different things. And I thought, what a cool vision to bring our community together. So um, I noticed that Montford Elementary had not been taken yet. My daughter goes to Montford Elementary. And so I approached the principal at Montford Elementary and just started building, started building a relationship there. And and um, we're, we're going to start helping with like, their community garden. It's not like a really big deal, but like, it's a starting place. We're going to start building trust with them. And so, but every, isn't it cool to know that every, every school, District 6 school in Greeley, is, is now 
adopted by a church. How cool is that? And so things like that, that's an example of things that I just want, like, man, if these ideas come together of doing, like, I don't know, citywide worship nights or that kind of stuff. Like, I want to just keep leaning into that stuff because God is doing something new. It's not just my work, our work here. It's actually a, a work across the whole city that God's doing. It's something new. Okay, so point number two, there's power and agreement. Point number three, why is unity so important? Number three, it shows us, it shows that we are followers of Jesus. It actually declares to the world we're followers of Jesus. John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35, Jesus is speaking here. He says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. And so when we walk in love and unity with, with believers and other churches, it's like carrying a sign. It's like wearing a shirt that says, like, we're the real deal. In fact, there's a built-in mechanism. Like, unbelievers have a conscience as well. Like, you're, humans are born with a conscience. Well, there's, part of that conscience is there's a built-in mechanism that, for people to know if you're the real deal. Like, they can see if you're the real deal. And listen, if we're not getting along as the body of Christ, like, they don't want to be part of, part of our dysfunctional family, do they? Like, if we have a functional family that loves and values one another, that is much more of an appealing invitation to come and to be part of what we're doing, right? And so, I don't know if you realize this, but when there's strife between believers and backbiting, this is actually evidence towards the world that we're not the real deal, and it taints, it hinders our testimony, hinders your testimony when we can't get along with each other. Okay, so let me say it this way, as plain as I can. If we love each other and we love the body of Christ more people will place their faith and trust in Jesus. More people will actually get saved if they see us on the same team and they see us as a, not a dysfunctional family, right? Okay? So let's get super practical with this. Um, will we agree perfectly with every church in town? Obviously not. <laughs> no, we're not going to agree with every church perfectly in town. Will we line up with every church's doctrines perfectly? Certainly not. Um, does this mean we'll never have relational struggles? Absolutely not but we don't want to write people off because we have a relational struggle. We want to actually fight for unity, okay? Why is that? Because there's a blessing in it. When there's agreement, we can get more done, and it, and it makes our witness more powerful. And uh, let, me, let, me share a couple, let me share a couple testimonies, and then I'll, then I'll wrap up here. Um, just a couple ways this is like, this is played out just for City Lights Church. Matt and Joy, they're a good example of this. They have their Northern Colorado Worship and Prayer Nights. The whole thing they do is about unity in Northern Colorado. They lead worship and have worship prayer nights all over Northern Colorado. It's all about bringing people together in unity. It's not about making them awesome or whatever. Um, they just went to Awaken the Dawn in Denver. There was, there was prayer on every, every state capital in, in every state in the United States. And they were down in Denver doing that, doing that yesterday. They did an outreach yesterday, which is super awesome. Like, which is cool. So um, sometimes other churches in town, they need a worship leader because the worship leader is on vacation or they need filling in. They'll ask Matt and Dre, can you come lead worship for us? And not every time, but almost every time another church is asked, can they come lead worship? We've let them go. And we don't like make them use vacation either, right? Why? Because we want to be a blessing to the other churches here in the city. Doesn't that just feel right? So <clears throat> that's really good. Um, Every month I meet with, with Greeley, Greeley pastors. Um, I go to prayer meeting. This was so cool. Angel, Angel Flores, who's a pastor of Mosaic Church across town. Do you know Angel? Yeah, he's a cool guy. 
Angel Flores, he was one of the pastors that just welcomed us in. He's a pastor of Mosaic, which is over in Evans. He prayed this. This is so cool. He said, God, we're not praying that our churches grow. We're praying that your kingdom grows. And the proof in the pudding there is that actually when we, when we launched the day we started City Light Church, they gave us a large financial donation. Like a church on the other side of town gave us a large financial donation. Why? Because they actually believe this. Of course, every pastor wants their church to grow. They'd be lying if they said they didn't. But he actually said, more than that, we want the kingdom of God in Greeley to grow more than we want our church to grow. And they sowed into our ministry here. It was so awesome. Um, last week, um, you, as you guys know, Generations Church had that, had that crisis happen a couple weeks ago. Last week, they launched their Windsor campus. Um, I invited some of our directors to go down. I'm like, hey, if anything else, let's, let's fill the seats up because how many know when you launch a church, you want the seats to be full. It feels better. People are like, okay, there's momentum here. And I said, but if the house is full, give up your seats because we want other people to have them in Windsor, right? So we went and um, the house was packed, actually. They were turning people away. So we gave up our seats, let other people go in there. And then um, Bree, who's our, who's our um, uh, events and operations director, she was there and she just noticed a need, like they were roasting s'mores and they're gonna be having hot dogs, you know, people were coming out and stuff like that. She just jumped in and started serving like on one of their teams last week. Like just noticed the need, hey, how can, we, how can we bless you? How can we jump in? She just jumped in and started serving. It was a super, super cool thing. And I just wanna continue that as, as we see opportunity as a church, as we see opportunity individually to bless another ministry, other believers, other churches, or corporately, as we see opportunity, I want us to step up and jump in and just have this in our minds because this is a core value I felt like God has laid on our hearts. I'll wrap up here. Galatians chapter 6, verses 9 through 10. It says this, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, everyone say opportunity. Let us do good to all people, especially those who belong to the family of believers. So everyone look up here. I'm, actu- I'm actually asking something from you. This is what I'm asking. I'm asking you to look for the opportunity to be a blessing to other believers here in this church, of course, but also other churches here in town. Look for ways to bless them. And listen, we don't always have to get the credit either. Like we can even do this and not let our right hand or left hand know what our right hand doing, whatever the scripture says. You know, we don't have to get credit for it, okay? Like, but let's do this unto the Lord and let's do this as a pleasing fragrance to the Lord, Amen. Okay, so application, let's throw that up here. Here's the application. Strive for unity with anyone or any church who calls themselves a follower of Jesus, okay? Because by that definition, they're your brother or sister. (laughs) All right? Let me recap. Why is unity so important? There's a blessing when we are in unity. More of heaven on earth for us. Number two, there is power and agreement. In other words, we're all going to get more done together, right? And number three, it shows that we are followers of Jesus, which means more people are going to get saved when we have love and a a family of affection, right? Amen. And that's the unity opportunity. Why don't you guys stand on your feet and I'm going to pray. Are you closing? Okay. Jesus, we thank you for every individual here. I thank you for the body of Christ in this city, Lord God. I pray, um, man, that song where um, wake up the sinner, no, Something about the sinner, wake up the saint. Save the sinner, wake up the saint, whatever. Lord, I just pray today, Lord God, that sinners across the city, God, 
would feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit and there would be believers around them, churches around them to lead them into the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, Lord God. And I just pray for every church here, Lord God, that you would shake us, Lord God, from a, that lethargy, Lord God. You would shake us and, and, and stir us, God, for revival, Lord God. There's just that, like that breaker anointing we experienced here this morning in worship, Lord God. I pray that breaker anointing would fall upon every church, God, in this city, Lord God. I pray that you would give fresh vision to every pastor. You would give um, rejuvenated uh, uh, vision to every pastor, Lord God, and energy to every pastor, Lord God. We pray for um, unlimited resources, God, to, for the gospel and your kingdom in this city, Lord God. We thank you for what you're doing here at City Lights. And God, I pray that as a church, we would value the family of Christ. We'd be a blessing to the family of Christ. We love you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. All right, God bless you guys.